Insights. You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 441. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Singh. What's up? How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. We're recording this on your birthday. Happy, happy birth, birth, birthday. Thank you. Thank you. It's true. I was born this day. It's been um, a surprisingly delightful morning. So I've just been enjoying getting messages from my friends strangely crying a lot when I get them. Happy, happy tears, because I just really love all the people in my life. It's been really nice, honestly. Uh, I was very excited because I beat everybody to wishing you happy birthday on Slack. Uh, I was the first. I win. And for anybody listening, I do not care about birthdays, but you are so thoughtful and sweet and wonderful about celebrating everybody else that you're the only one I will actively wish a happy birthday to. I appreciate it. I am obsessed with people's birthdays. It's like a yearbook of life. You know, like that's when when you're an adult, you don't get yearbooks anymore where you get to say how you love people. So this is just a really good excuse to sign their yearbook every year. That's nice. Um, So if you're just joining us, this isn't a podcast all about birthdays. No, we're going to talk about everything (laughs) happening at Marvel this week. We're going to have a couple different guests that we're going to talk to later in the episode. Um, You know, we're just having fun. I've got a cat on my lap. Uh, You've got a dog somewhere around. Yeah, he was sitting with me and then um, he heard that dad had food and left. (laughs) Ah. But, you know, there's been some exciting developments. Marvel Studios Black Widow has a brand new opening date. November 6th, 2020, we're going to get Black Widow back in the mix just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. And that's fine. I think, you know, waiting makes the heart grow fonder. Is that a thing that people say? Right? It's usually distance, but distance and waiting are similar. Uh, And so, you know, a lot of dates are shifting for for like everything around the world. And so with Black Widow moving to the November 2020 date, that has sort of shifted the rest of the Marvel Studios uh, release dates, which is neat because then you get like, we're going to get Marvel Studios The Eternals February 12th, 2021. And then my favorite thing was uh, the star of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Simu Liu. He posted on Twitter that uh, he's like, get ready, y'all. Your boy is is headlining a summer blockbuster or something like that. Because <laughs> Shang-Chi is going to be May 7th, 2021 in that like primo spot right there, kicking off the summer yeah. season. It's so exciting. I'm so happy for him. I didn't know he was in Kim's Convenience. Yeah, I was just watching it. He is great on that show and very dreamy. Uh, well, <laughs> now I'm going to watch it because I've heard nothing but great things. It's been one of those things like on the queue. But now that I know he's in it, I'm like, all right, now I got to see this, see him and, and get excited more about it. And then another movie in 2021 from Marvel Studios is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That's November 5th. Um, next year's going to rule. Yeah. And then now in 2022, we're going to have Marvel Studios Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, that's going to come in February 18th of 2022. Uh, we're getting Marvel Studios Black Panther 2, which I'm so excited. And that's going to be in the summer spot in May 6th of 2022. And then, bam, they newly announced Marvel Studios Captain Marvel 2 is going to be July 8th, 22. It seems weird to just say 22. It does. Um, Don't do it. We're in the roaring 20s now, though, baby. Oh, also, I'm excited about this Marvel Studios untitled film for October 7th. 22 was listed in the marvel.com article i don't know what that is yet and i'm the excited i have no clue super duper excited yeah Yeah. i want to know what that is lorraine did you know that before i when i was in college my first year and a half in college i was a math major and I no. was on really? the path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I used to be great at math. And then at one point, it was in like my sophomore year of school, my brain just went, nope. And it was like uh, like Homer Simpson pulling himself into the, the hedges. Oh, into the bushes? Yeah, my brain was like, we're done. Math doesn't. And like, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I stopped doing it. But my math skills are still sharp enough because I count four Movies coming from Marvel Studios in 2022. Uh, yeah, that is that is the biggest year yet. That's wild. I can't. That is going to be so great. That that means you and I are going to be doing a premiere every three months. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We love uh, that. It'll be fun times. No, it's, it's great. Great motivation yeah. to stay in shape so you can stand next to Scarlett Johansson. All of that good stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah, speaking of staying in shape, how are you doing? How are you? Are, are you getting any exercise? You're getting. I know you're you're in Florida, and it's disgusting down there. It's vile and sweaty it's, and it's, nasty. Where I'm at is very swampy, as Ugh. I believe the term. It's very hot and very muggy, and my hair is very big. But um, I'm taking lots of. We have like a little backyard space, and I'm just doing a lot of laps back there. But I kind of told myself I was going to go easy on myself until my birthday. So starting tomorrow, I have to start behaving um, <laughs> and and like calm down the baking because I've been baking a lot. I've oh, been making so breads, good. focaccias, chocolate chip cookies. Uh, yeah, I, I think staying in shape has been so important Like for my sanity. We have one of the exercise bikes in the house and just I get up every morning, 630 I like have my coffee, get ready and do a nice 30 minute intense workout. I mean, I think finding things that bring you joy every day is super important. I mean, partially that's why I've been doing a lot of baking. For me, baking is actually very zen. It's just nice. It quiets the mind and then you get to eat something. Ooh, that is the best. Listeners, tell us what you're doing to quiet your mind to to get through all this. Use hashtag This Week at Marvel. You can email us at twinpodcast.marvel.com. I don't know if that's our question of the week. I'm just going off the cuff. Uh, one of the things for me to calm my mind is video games. Like, that is so yeah. important. We've talked about it a bunch. I'm back into playing uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses on my Switch. Got Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I've got a bunch of things. I know you've got your Animal Crossing, which I will never understand. Ooh. You know what? It is a little bit like you are in debt and you're trying to buy things. <laughs> and it feels very much like my entire 20s. Um, but beyond that, it's really delightful. It's so cute. You don't really mind. And also, again, it's just it's not one of those games where like I used to be really obsessed with Diablo 3 where you have to be really aware because something might jump out at you and you got to smash it. This is just like I'm hanging out. I'm picking apples and... <laughs> fishing i love diablo so much i love diablo too i can't believe uh, i can't wait for the next one i know i know uh but we got to talk about some marvel game stuff Lorraine, yeah okay because that's fair. we actually have a bunch of updates there was um i know this week uh marvel spider-man exclusively for playstation 4 has hit playstation now and if y'all don't know what playstation now is it's their streaming service so yeah you baby. can subscribe to playstation now yeah it's cool and then you can stream the games um, you're paying for the subscription, so you don't have to buy the games necessarily. Um, and they have a whole selection of games, so it's pretty cool. If you've not played Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation Four, now see what I said. Now is the time <laughs> on PlayStation. Now I got it. You know, have you started playing the Mua Three update? Uh, not the update. No. Doom, 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 doom. I know he's so sweet. I just want to kiss him. I know. I just am like, oh, come here, you little cutie metal man with a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> tink, tink, tink. <laughs> Richards. Um, I love all the Switch games. It's also nice. It's just like an easy game to have, and like if you're just spending hours with the fam to sit around and like doodle on your little Switch is real fun. And Deadpool is going to be in Fortnite now. You can unlock Deadpool in the game. There's like a little teeny tiny challenge, and then you get Deadpool. It's part of the Chapter Two Season Two Battle Pass, and then bam, he's yours. Just like best friends. Yeah. Snuggle boys. I love that the, like partnerships that Marvel and um, Fortnite have done have been pretty cool. Do you remember when they did the Infinity Gauntlet Thanos event like way back during Marvel Studios uh, oh, yeah. Infinity War? Yeah. Like that was cool. People were going after getting the, the gauntlet and Thanos and stuff. And now with Deadpool, I know one of our listeners, Mike Hext, he was sending me pictures because he's like real good at Fortnite. And he got Deadpool right away. He was very excited. If you play Fortnite, <laughs> let us know. I would love to connect like different This Week of Marvel listeners. Oh, that would be as awesome. Friends. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Like, I play the game. I have, I have friends at Epic Games who make it. And I'm like, I love you, but I'm not good at this. So I, I'm just not going to play. You know what? I started playing Fortnite and I was like, everyone was, it was also one of those moments where everybody in the world was playing it so intensely. And I was like, I, I feel behind and that was overwhelming. But I think this is like a great time for me to go back to it because I've got time now. I could get some Deadpool. I think I'm going to do that. You know, I'm usually working full time, trying to write a book on the side, trying to do like to perform in the city. And it's actually really nice to just be like oh i'm just gonna like play the crap out of some video games 
Yeah. Yesterday, I, um, I had a couple of meetings like in a row, but then I had one of them ended early. I had 20 minutes. I just grabbed the baby. We hung out on the bed and we just like giggled and talked and played and, and like, <laughs> like it was just the best 20 minutes break from anything. You know, I know that everything that's going on is because of very serious issues, but there are some definite upsides for, uh, you know, I think everybody can find little things that hopefully help them through it. And getting to spend more time with my tiny little baby is the best. Uh, let's get back to games for a second real quick, because uh, I was able to talk to our pal, Mr. Billy Roseman this week about some game stuff. Oh, that's the best. He is a vice president and creative director at Marvel Games. I love Bill Roseman. He also was an editor here with us at Marvel Comics for many years. What did you guys chat about? Uh, we got some updates on the the various games that are going on, new characters and kind of fun stuff like that. We talked about um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. There's the new Fantastic Four DLC, which he detailed a little bit in there. Um, it was cool. And also, I, did you see that Josh Soleil, our, our pal, one of the hosts at Marvel, he got to live stream some MUA 3 this week. And so that's pretty cool. That's up on the YouTube and the Marvel.com and all that good stuff. Heck yeah. Well, why don't we take a listen to Bill Roseman because I want to hear about all these games updates. Billy, how you doing? I am so happy to be with you here today and to speak to all of the true believers. You guys are working on numerous titles. And of course, I would love to be able to tell all of our listeners about what you are working on for the next several years. But there's Still a lot going on right now, which we can share about, which would be really exciting. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I have to talk about something that already came out, and that is the third and final DLC for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. This third and final DLC is called Shadow of Doom. What is so great about that is when you get all the DLCs and the main game together, it truly is an Ultimate Alliance. By that, I mean you have characters from the Spider-Verse, the Avengers, Guardians, the Marvel Knights, the X-Men, and now the Fantastic Four, all together. So that's great. And that DLC included all playable four members of Marvel's first family, plus Victor Von Doom himself, and some new story cinematics. So we were able to really complete Ultimate Alliance on a high note. And the whole thing was written by Mark Sumerak, who was a former assistant editor who has now become an accomplished writer. So he helped add that extra layer of authenticity. And it was just so fun to work with Team Ninja and Nintendo. Like, wow, something we worked on is on the Nintendo Switch, one of the greatest consoles of all time. That's so great. And we were able to bring back the Marvel Ultimate Alliance brand for people and get people together to play on their couch and hopefully create great memories with their friends and family. That was the whole goal there. Also, real quick, yes or no, Dr. Doom greatest villain of all time i would say yes yeah that's the correct answer i mean i i think magneto is awesome green goblin dr octopus venom red skull you know marvel has created so many awesome villains because the writers and artists really i think with our villains try to approach them as the heroes of their own story which is a lot of the appeal of dr doom you know he feels he is the smartest not the accursed richard He's like, I'm just trying to do the right thing here, people. Yeah. He's, look, I'm Team Doom all the way, but uh, this is not a Doom podcast. What about Marvel Contest of Champions? What's coming up there? Well, I'm so glad you also brought up Marvel Contest of Champions because we have a brand new character coming into the arena, and that is the Sorcerer Supreme, who is coming over from Battleworld. And what's interesting is that uh, when you see this character, it will resemble what you know of Doctor Strange, but... She looks a bit different. She's got the blue skin that true believers may recognize from the uh, very old callback costume that Stephen Strange had back in the 70s with a uh, blue theme to it. But that's all I can say about this mysterious character. You really have to play the game to learn more about her in Marvel Contest of Champions. Also, we have uh, a new character in Marvel Puzzle Quest. That's our match three game. The Super Scroll, the scroll with all the powers of the Fantastic Four. What's great about that is, you know, in the comic books, we have the big Marvel Empire story happening that involves the Kree and the scroll. So you can say, hey, I can read Empire in the comics. Then I can go on to Puzzle Quest and play as a Super Scroll. I love the ways that Marvel games 
as you say, can tie in with the comics or, you know, has connections to Marvel Studios or the other divisions and ways that the things cross over. We are seeing characters originated in Marvel's games cross over into the comics themselves, which is super neat. It's great because for, you know, the first few years of kind of the era of the new Marvel games, our job was just to show that we could take everything from comics and put it into games and work closer than ever with our friends in publishing. Not only we, we were going to do, you know, evergreen versions of Captain America and Iron Man and all the top characters, but we would also look at publishing and bring the latest and greatest characters into games. So, for example, we had Amadeus Cho, the new Hulk, appear in Marvel Puzzle Quest, not only the same month, but the same week that he debuted in comics. And then it was, well, can we start creating our own versions of the characters? And that's where you had our friends at Marvel Puzzle Quest create Captain Carter. And that was from an alt-reality where Peggy Carter becomes Captain America. So that appeared first in the game. And then eventually Peggy Carter appeared in the Exiles comic book. And we're like, what? The people in publishing are looking what we're doing and they're putting what we're doing into their comics? So it was this whole circle of life thing. Bill, we've hit a lot of uh, amazing games, things happening right now. I feel like you got to give us at least one tease, something coming up that you know fans can expect. Something secret, even? Ooh. Black Widow, inspired by the upcoming MCU film, will be coming across our mobile live ops portfolio. As we've done over the last few years, when we look at new films and new TV shows, and we create characters and costumes and missions inspired by them, we're doing the same thing for Black Widow. Uh, so for months and months, we've been looking at all the new characters and new costumes. We've been looking at things like Taskmaster and Red Guardian and Yelena Belova and Black Widow herself sporting the white costume. So stay tuned for that. Nice. Now that's the good stuff, Bill. You've got to go create more Marvel magic. We thank you for taking the time with This Week of Marvel. Ah, that Bill Roseman. Loves a good tease, as do I. Um, I. I love my hashtag secrets on Twitter, <laughs> which I don't use too much because people get like, they get like hyper like, oh, what, what's coming? What's coming? And sometimes it's just like you or I, Lorraine, read a script yeah. or we do something or we get information that we can't share. And it gets so exciting that I don't want to get people's you know hopes up. But like this week, I didn't even have to post secrets. We got all that that cool like news with Marvel Studios Captain yeah. Marvel, and it's neat. Yeah, you know it's really funny because it, I don't know where Marvel like thinks literally cool, and it's coming out all the time. <laughs> yeah, ex- all, all the time. You know, even the stuff that we're doing, like the other podcasts that we have, Women of Marvel um, has a really cool episode this week, which is about Strange Academy. That's the new book by Scotty Young and Umberto Ramos, which. So good. It's so good. You know, I love like magical teenagers. So this is like perfect jam for me. I love, I love a YA feel. Totally. And on the show, you have uh, Sana Amanath and Angelique Rocher, the two hosts. They're talking with associate editor Kathleen Wisniewski. I love Kathleen. She's like, she's she's like so, so sweet, so quiet, but she's been learning under uh, Nick Lowe and some really great editors. So over the last couple of years, she's been coming, you know, just one of the the best, smartest editors and like making really good choices. And when you see her name is like, she gets more and more credits as like the main editor on a number of books. And she's so freaking good. She's great. so good. Yay. That makes me happy. That's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, you know what else was really nice this week that I saw hopping around on the internet? I actually share my birthday week with some really esteemed company. Robert Downey Jr. had a birthday this week. Paul Rudd had a birthday this week. Obviously, our Iron Man and Ant-Man, as well as Michael Rooker, who plays Yondu. And there were just so many nice tweets from all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe actors and and creatives just wishing each other happy birthday. I appreciated that um, Taika Waititi tweeted a picture of Graham Norton, the British television host, and said, happy birthday, Robert Downey Jr., um, that I, crushed me. I <laughs> lost it. It was so good. It's very Taika. Um, I loved that Chris Evans tweeted a picture of him and Paul Rudd hanging out at the movies. And he said, happy birthday to another favorite of mine, Paul Rudd, celebrating the 21st anniversary of his 30th birthday, since that's clearly the year you stopped aging, because Paul Rudd is a vampire and we know it. Um, he looks so young. And uh, 
Plus, I appreciated James Gunn shared all of these pictures of him and Michael Rooker over the years because they've done a million films together uh, and a million projects together, which was really, really sweet. Oh, and you know who else had a birthday this week? Clark Gregg. And this was really cool. On his Instagram, he posted that he was going to put himself on Cameo and anybody who requested a Cameo from him, he would donate all of the money to frontline responders. And he raised $12,000 over the course of a few days and uh, and donated it all, which was so cool. And he included a little Tiger King spoiler on his Instagram so <laughs> as a celebration, <laughs> which was delightful. Uh, we were talking about Paul Rudd. And reminds me, anytime I think of Paul Rudd, I think of one of my favorite things of all time, which is back when the Super Nintendo was coming out, he did a commercial for Super Nintendo where he's playing like with the Super Nintendo controller and these giant screens and there are all these kids running and he's like facial reacting and he's like, whoa, and it's like, it's my favorite thing ever. If you Google Paul Rudd Super Nintendo, it is mwah. Even the baby loves it. Catherine Grace agrees. She does. She's like, I love Paul Rudd. He's like 12. (laughs) Uh, Chloe Bennett the other night did this awesome thing with Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans where she said, send me like screen caps or GIFs from the show and I'll see what I can remember about shooting it that time. Um, So she'll be like, oh, I think this scene is from this. And she would share some like behind the scenes of it. And one of my favorites is uh, from like season six. She has like the sexy, sexy outfit, which is kind of like a fantasy sequence. And she was like, oh, my God, I had to try on like 500 push up bras. (laughs) 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 They were so many like delightful stories and stuff behind the scenes. So you guys should go check out her Twitter account if you're a fan of the show. because She shared just tons of them. They were really funny. I love a little bit of uh, behind-the-scenes goodness. That's yeah. super fun. Uh, speaking of behind-the-scenes, this week on Marvel's pull list, Tucker and I looked at War of the Realms, the big comic book event of 2019. We're sort of doing these reading club-type episodes uh, right now. And so we did War of the Realms. And that was cool because, especially because it's recent, we have more insight into behind-the-scenes. And we ended up pulling a bunch of quotes from editor Sarah Brunstead. We had... Jason Aaron and Russell Dodderman and Matthew Wilson, the creative team of the book, sort of diving in in like different places to give us insight into the story. And I think it turned out really, really well. It was um, it was a fun episode to put together. And I think next week we're going to be talking about Civil War, the original 2007 comic with editor Tom Brevoort, which is going to be really fun because Brevoort even has a cameo in the comic. There's a, a like a news reporter who uh, Steve McNiven drew in as Brevoort. And I don't think I've ever talked to Tom before this about Civil War and the making of it and all that fun stuff. So it's going to be really neat. That's so awesome. Oh, you know what that reminds me? There is this really great thing happening right now. Um, Quentin Peoples, who was an executive producer and head writer for Marvel's Runaways, has been doing a bunch of sort of writing clinics on his Instagram, and he's also sharing them on his YouTube account. He also has written comics and things like that as well. But he's been breaking down how to like write a show, how to write a a feature film, how to pitch those things. And it's been really, really cool to hear kind of the making of process from somebody who's so established in the industry and knows so much about Marvel stuff also um, has been really, really cool. If you're an aspiring writer, I highly recommend, or you just want to learn more about that kind of stuff, I really recommend checking out. It's really fun and enjoyable. I love watching all the stuff people are doing, you know? Yeah, like the creative community is doing some really neat stuff now, whether it's that kind of stuff or the thing that I I got excited about was, have you seen the six fan arts challenge that's been floating around? Oh my God, yes, it's incredible. Um, they, They kind of make like a grid of six boxes and then they ask people for six fan art characters that they're gonna draw. It's so good. I wanna make sure we give credit to the the woman who started it. Her name is Melissa Cabriglioni. And she just, she made the like the template grid. She was the first one who posted it. Uh, and then it's sort of blown up and it's, it's almost impossible to see them all because some people use hashtag six fan arts. Some people use hashtag six fan arts challenge. Some people use six characters. Some like, it's like all this stuff, all these different hashtags and stuff where they're, they're putting out there. But as it's gone on, we've seen a lot of comics pros getting into it. And like even Marvel comics people, um, it's been fun watching like them 
do it. I think I looked at Joe Canones, who he worked on the Howard the Duck series. He did Macho Man in one of his, the uh, like Macho Man Randy Savage, which is terrific. You know, there's a lot of people who are doing like a one Marvel character and then other characters because they're getting these requests. Samford Green, who did the um, Power Man and Iron Fist. Runaways a while back too. Yeah, yeah, he did Runaways. He did um, in his six, he had uh, Garnet from Steven Universe, which is so good. But he also did MODOK and it's the gnarliest, coolest MODOK. He's got these weird teeth. Uh, Marcio Takara, Marcio worked on um, She-Hulk book not too long ago, has a really great sweet Kermit in theirs there's just a ton of them did you see chris anka's yes yes he was the first person that i saw do it i think him and todd knock were the first two ones that i saw and i was just like i mean i live for chris anka doing fan art in general because he just is the best yeah he is fashion his may be my favorite because it's so varied he's got like an anime character someone from resident evil he's got master chief he's got Aloy from uh, this video game Horizon Zero Dawn, which is one of my favorite games of all time. And then he has magic and Quicksilver. And like his magic is just power. The one I keep thinking of is I I love Todd Knox's style. And he I love the noses he draws. That's so weird to say. But I think it's like really, really distinct of his style. He has these like very cute Norman Rockwell-esque little noses and his april o'neill was like the first one in the in his six character thing and i was just like i love april o'neill my like 11 year old heart is so happy (laughs) (laughs) and she's so cute i just loved her yeah uh one more i wanted to shout out was uh tim seeley who is written and drawn a whole bunch of comics for us and his own stuff but he one of his six characters was pirate namor and it's just like fierce looking namor with these big pirate earrings and it's awesome i just love all of that creativity you guys should definitely go check out all of that stuff oh you know what else is really cool joe q has been doing his own lives our creative director joe casada you know comics pro for many years has been having awesome guests on to do chats deborah wool umberto ramos mark miller tom brevoort i mean he's had a ton of guests talking about um, the creative process and you should check those out because they're all over the place marvel.com yeah and you know talking about just like drawing and sketching and seeing creative people do things if you follow Joe Casada on social you'll see he's just doing more sketches and drawing lately and you're getting to see a lot more of that all around uh, and I'm very excited because we've been getting into that too we've been doing the live drawings on the Marvel channels like officially uh, we've had some with Marvel Studios um, you know the the visual development Brian Minor Ding oh, man Minor Ding he's in the visual development department he I believe designed the first Iron Man costume and he's he's done a ton of the artwork for marvel studios in general he's a a a badass artist yeah you know every year um around the comic conventions we have these beautiful posters of like um concept art a lot of them are ryan's pieces and his team yeah Yeah, it's just gorgeous stuff if you have any of the art of marvel studios books you've seen a ton and ton and ton of his work uh and then you know we've been doing stuff with comic creators and people on the marvel side uh we've had two folks that we're actually going to have on the show now todd knock and brian crosby who have been doing these live drawings for us todd knock you were just talking about he is a friend of ours he's been doing you know comics for like 20 years just so sweet and then brian crosby is another one of our friends if you've been to a convention that marvel's been at in the last couple of years brian's been super important in structuring what that convention looks like and feels like he has been you know on our our live entertainment team but he's also a former disney imagineer he's an artist he's done cover work like brian's kind of done all this kind of fun stuff he's been on the show a couple of times before so being able to watch the two of them and others uh, as we'll see do the live drawing has been so much fun Yeah, and if you want to learn how to draw Wolverine, Spider-Man, or a very cute Groot, those are all available for you to go watch. And also, I am not a good artist, full disclosure, but I have really enjoyed, I just put them on in the background when I'm doing other work. It's like a Bob Ross kind of like, happy little trees, this is what I'm doing and explaining, and it's so soothing. It's really just nice content to let play, even if you're not going to draw along. Although one of our coworkers, Diana did a bunch of them she drew along with them and they're phenomenal so they're very good tutorials they are they are actual true tutorials it's pretty cool i you know what i want to talk to todd a little bit about 
setting up the tutorial and, and this kind of live drawing thing because he's been doing it for a couple of years. You want to talk to Todd? Yeah, let's call him. Bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. It's us, <laughs> Ryan and Lorraine. <laughs> hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. Uh, we miss you. How have you been doing? Keeping busy? I saw you drawing. Uh, yes, yeah, I've been I've been keeping busy. Uh, you know, plays right into a freelancer's wheelhouse. I never leave the house anyway. I'm always <laughs> trapped at the drafting table. So I'm just writing this out, doing what I do best and, and what I'd love to do. So I've been doing a lot of drawing for for uh, a lot of live streams lately. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I thought about that. You know, you and a lot of our other friends are writers or they're artists. And y'all do this regularly. You're home, you're working, you're like communicating with fans. You're, you've been so great about that for so long, doing your own live streams. This just must, in some ways, feel like, great, you just now have more people to talk to. Yeah, yes, yeah, it, that, that's that's uh, pretty much it, exactly. Yeah, I don't feel so alone as I used to anymore. <laughs> We're all working from home. <laughs> <laughs> You're never alone. I loved your your Wolverine live stream for us. It was really, really awesome. How hard is Wolverine? He seems like he's very complicated. I mean, for me, someone who is bad <laughs> at art. But, you know, because he has a big muscular form. Well, a little muscular form. He's like 5'4". <laughs> and like stripies and, you know, whiskeries. That, that, that's just, that's just uh, you know, what the kind of stuff I think a lot of us artists live for is, you know, we love drawing superheroes. So all the different designs can be so much fun, oftentimes challenging, especially if it's one of those complicated Kirby designs. That's why I refuse to draw Galactus at comic book conventions anymore, because he takes me three to five times as long to draw as any other character. But with Wolverine, I love X-Men. He was one of my first favorite X-Men. So I've drawn him so many times, I feel really comfortable with all those those shapes and elements that uh, it doesn't break the brain for me to uh, just hop online and, and uh, start drawing, drawing a Wolverine. If you ask Galactus, then, then, then there's going to be a, a full breakdown. I have bad news. Not the next stream. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to uh, be four hours long. <laughs> uh, I would like the entire suite of Celestials, please, and thank you. <laughs> oh, and oh, I would like gosh. Reed Richards, that big machine that's like the size of t- a two-story house. Okay, yeah, yeah. I- I'll take sure, that Sure, let's throw that in there. <laughs> of course. I-, I jumped into the Wolverine live stream. Uh, I watched a little bit. I was uh, threw a-, a couple of little hearts your way to, you know, spice it up a little bit. But it's it's just so cool because I've known you for 15-odd years or whatever, and I've seen you draw a number of times. Yeah. But, like, the perspective for anyone watching these is right on the art. It's done so close and it's so cool. And then watching the fans react was really, really sweet. Just they're like, this is amazing. This is cool. People who may not, you know, know a lot about comics or or even Marvel, just seeing something come to life like that, I think was really, really special. All right, on. Yeah, my wife and I took the time to kind of check out the, the responses because I was Skyped in with the Marvel social media crews, so I couldn't see any of the reaction on the uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram till after it was done. And so uh, my wife and I really enjoyed seeing uh, the, the, the kind things that people were saying. So it really meant a lot. It was very gratifying. That's awesome. Oh, also, we really enjoyed your um, six fan art challenge. Oh, thanks. Those were fun to do. So many random questions. I got, I got over 1,200 uh, <gasps> suggestions on my Instagram. Whoa. And so I had to narrow that down to six. So it was really fun to see what people would uh, would post and what would kind of strike my my interest. So, uh, you know, it's like I've never drawn Ahsoka Tano before. So it's like, let's give her a go. And uh, people really responded to that because they're seeing a character that I've never, ever drawn or like Jim Halpert from The Office. <laughs> I love that show and never have drawn any Office character. So, you know, I draw Jim Halpert and people are freaking out. So it's uh, it's been fun. That was a really fun challenge that that one person came up with and it kind of blew up. Yeah, it's really That's neat. wild. That's so amazing. Uh, Todd, we're also going to talk to Brian Crosby, the uh, Marvel-themed entertainment creative director, about drawing. Because he drew Spider-Man and he drew Groot. But, you know, we were curious, you know, what are some things you would give in terms of advice for drawing characters or, in particular, drawing someone like Wolverine? Um, let's see. It's... Uh... What I saw Brian do, because I watched his live streams and the same approach I have, and I think most of, art, most of us as artists do, is the underdrawing, the breaking down the shapes before we get to the details. 
when I was a little kid, I used to draw and I thought, you know, I see the details, I draw the details and I draw with a pen. And if, it, if anything went wrong, then, you know, I'd be frustrated. And it wasn't until I got older and I learned about, oh, you, you, you break down the shapes, you, you bisect the head and you have the eye line, nose line, mouth line, and you work out the shapes that you then build on top of. Once you get the shapes done, then you can then put the details on top of that, knowing that all of the, the placement of the, the muscles and the pose is where you want it to be. And so then you can commit to those details and not worry about, oh, everything's way too wonky. It's, it's not fitting together correctly. And uh, a book I always recommend, every, almost every pro I've ever spoken with has the same book, the How to Draw Comics, the Marvel Way book. That's just kind of like the, the Bible for foundation, foundational comic book drawing. Yeah, that's by uh, Stan Lee and John Buscema. It is seminal. Yeah. E even if you don't want to draw comics, just understanding how to like like understand comics, it is really kind of perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's a great book that shows kind of the exaggeration of like that. I'm one thing that also still is burned into my brain is how a punch looks in real life and how it is then exaggerated to capture that Marvel action and flavor. And, and I still can see that from when I first picked up that book as as a teenager. That's awesome. You know, I'm really curious because you usually work from home and you're a pro at it. If you have any advice for us newbies to working at home, is there music you listen to? Do you have something playing on the television in the background? Is there some way that like helps you get in the groove and the flow to get your work done while you're working from home? Um, I do listen to um, music and I listen to a lot of TV, uh, especially, you know, my favorite shows that I've seen a bajillion times. I don't have to actually look at it. I can actually, you know, I can remember what I've seen. So The Office is often playing, Parks and Rec. Those are on heavy rotation and true crime sort of discovery ID type shows, something that kind of narrates a story like a Dateline episode, you know, some sort of mystery. Then I don't have to really look up at it because the host is or narrating what the the mystery is. So um, I like to listen to those things and a few different podcasts as well. Oh, like This Week in Marvel and Marvel's Pull List and Women of Marvel. <laughs> exactly. Okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. To hear what everyone's <laughs> saying about you. Hmm? Are they talking about me? Are they thinking about me? Ooh, that should be our next show, Lorraine. Talking about Todd. <laughs> My dream show. It'd be really sweet. It'd just be nice <laughs> things. I love Todd. Yeah. Oh, I'll make sure I add that one to the top of my uh, podcast list then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we'll look forward to seeing you draw some more. See you, Todd. Sounds great. Thank you. Ugh, Todd is the best. But I, you know what? I feel like that was so fun talking to Todd. But why don't we call Brian Crosby to talk about his tutorials? Yeah, yeah. I wanna, uh, Brian's easy. He's got a lot of time on his hands. Let's talk to him right now. Sweet, sweet Brian Crosby. How are you, our friend? <laughs> What's going on, buddy? It's been a, it's been a while. Well, it doesn't feel like a while for us though, because we've been hanging out with you on the internet already. I know. I see you guys. I, I think I see you more now than I than I did before. I know, but I've been loving your uh, real time drawing stuff. I've learned so much. I'm such a poor artist, but I feel like you break it down into really manageable steps. <laughs> I never thought to outline anything or ever use a shape. I kind of, in my mind, think artists just are like, here's the Mona Lisa, and they draw it as a final. Yeah, I don't know that I that I always do that outline, um, but I think it it helps show it better on the, on the video. Uh, you know, I'll use different line weights depending on, you know, if it's supposed to be in the foreground or in the background. If everything has the same line weight, then it kind of all becomes the same the same depth but it like i said it kind of helps people organize their ideas i think a little bit when when it's got that that heavy outline when you were an imagineer did you do outlining type stuff as well <laughs> or was it sort of a different way of of sort of conceptually drawing uh no and i i mean i think it's more of a a trick i i picked up just doing character stuff because when when i was at imagineering i was doing more environments and storyboarding and things like that and very very little character art and so now at marvel i get to do far more character art and this this live drawing thing has really been a, a totally totally new thing for me i mean i've done it i've done it live i've done it at conventions like d23 expo and disney parks disney california adventure and uh on the disney cruise line i've done these kind of how-to's but doing it doing it live on the internet is new because there's really there's no feedback there's there's nobody talking back to me so that's 
that's an interesting uh, new world for me. But it's fun. You know, it's something, something to kind of take my mind off of everything that's going on in the world right now. I know. It made me so happy. I, I mean, I just enjoy listening, like having it on in the background, even if I'm not drawing along, because I kind of like checking in with it and listening <laughs> to your voice, because you have like a very nice Bob Ross sort of happy little tree quality, which brought me true joy because you were also drawing a happy little tree as like our little baby. Oh, yeah. I have not seen your drawings, though, Lorraine. I I would would like to see what you you came up with. Ooh, I'll work on it. (laughs) That's what we should do next week. Art critiques for all of Lorraine's drawings. Oh, that would be great. Oh, my God. You're like, why why does none of this anatomy exist in in humanity or, or otherworldly things? But I do, I do take your Bob Ross comment with the, with the highest of, of compliments. Thank you. I hope it's I hope it's fun for people. You know what's been great is the the response from people after doing it. Ian, they feel I guess there's a sense of empowerment. They didn't feel like they could draw. They didn't feel like they could do Marvel characters or Spider Man or Groot or you know like Todd Knock did Wolverine yesterday. I think this you know the kind of this step by step approach helps people feel like they can they can draw. They can do these kinds of things. And then it's fun to see how people interpret that and put their own spin on it and add color. And I've received notes from from all over the world from people uh, very grateful for their their kids being able to, you know, kind of have 20 minutes of escape. And it's been really cool, especially for somebody like me, who's I'm more of a behind the scenes guy usually. And to kind of be more out there doing like what you guys do and communicating with fans more directly has been a lot of fun. You're also such a great teacher. I, I mean, I would guess in part because you're a great dad. You have four that's right. Four yeah, kids? I have four kids. Uh, my my my. F- <laughs> he said very tiredly. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're all here in one one household at the same time, uh, yeah. No, I have <laughs> a set of twins, and they're uh, nineteen years old. And I have a sixteen year old, and I have a ten year old. So you you know what it is to teach kids drawing? Yeah, already. yeah. No, they sure. all they all have their individual uh, skill sets and talents and things that they enjoy, but they do all like uh, like drawing on some level. So yeah, sitting down with them and and doodling and having fun that's a big part of kind of our family experience for sure. That's adorable. You know, you mentioned that you got notes from a lot of people, and and you know they didn't realize they could do it. And I think a bunch of our listeners probably are like, I can't draw. I know I'm like the same way. What do you say to someone who's like, I can't draw? How do you get them to get motivated and figure out that they can draw? I help them. I try to help people kind of really just break down the process and, and understand that if you can draw a stick figure, then you have something to build on. And it's it's kind of that step-by-step approach that it's you start with a stick figure and then you add circles and cylinders and and cubes and spheres you start adding these shapes to flesh out the drawing because i think a lot of people want to jump right into the details because they're they see the the webs of spider-man and they see crazy todd mcfarlane poses and whatnot and they feel overwhelmed they feel like i could never do anything like that but if you start breaking it down step by step and, and understanding how these figures can move in space and how you know simple shapes can can bring a figure together um, I think people are finding that they they can do that stuff, and you know, and they just get just get better with practice. I mean, it, it is it's like muscle memory, though. Like if you don't if you don't work at it, you know, it'll go away. But if you keep working at it, you know, you will you'll get better. You'll improve. So I know that a lot of people say that Spider Man is notoriously can be very complicated to draw. What do you think is like your number one tip or way into drawing him a little bit easier? I think it's really just starting with with a basic stick figure and figuring out the pose before you get into doing the webs and and all the craziness. I think just you know take a stick figure, you know, draw a simple body, simple legs, simple arms and figure out a pose that you think works and then just start to build it up. Build it up with circles and cylinders and shapes, flesh that drawing out and then once you get that down, then come in with the webs. And I, I don't know that it's difficult. It just can be it can be a bit laborious to put all the webs, you know, on his on his costume. But if you find the fun in that, it's almost kind of therapeutic for me, I think, to do those webs and the, the little swoops on, uh, on on his costume. A little moment of zen. <laughs> exactly. Just just webs all day long. <laughs> when you were a young artist, did you have a particular character that you enjoyed drawing from the Marvel Universe? I always I always liked Spider-Man because Spider-Man didn't have a, a nose or a mouth or eyes to deal with. And so he was a, he was a lot easier. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was certainly, you know, I've mentioned Todd McFarlane several times, but I think, 
he was kind of my first real exposure to comic art and the way he would manipulate anatomy in ways that are absolutely impossible. I think it kind of freed up my imagination a little bit, thinking that I can I can twist and turn this character and do lots of fun things with him and and a lot of stuff where it would be wrong with other characters with Spider-Man, it always felt right. So yeah, Spider-Man was always a kind of a favorite of mine to draw for sure. Well, that's perfect because now people can learn how to draw Spider-Man from you. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully we'll get to do more because uh, I have some idea. And you know, like I said, the response has been has been great on, on social media and things like that. People with suggestions of characters they'd like to learn how to draw. And so I have a running list of characters that, that people are hoping we, we do. Were you the one who chose Groot? Or was that was like, hey, Brian, we'd love you to draw this Groot because it's so recognizable and everybody loves mm-hmm. sweet, sweet Groot? Yeah, no, I, I think having done this a few times at some of these expos and live events, I've seen characters that people can pick up pretty quick um, and characters that they, they start to freak out on. <laughs> Spider-Man is, is a good one, like I said, for all the reasons I already mentioned. And then Groot is similar because he's got, he's got big lovable eyes He's, he's kind of a pretty basic shape, no nose to deal with, just kind of a little mouth. And so he, he is kind of a good, like, next step. All right, now we're going to introduce eyes, and now we're going to introduce a mouth and play with some different shapes. And Because I've done characters like, uh, I did Captain Marvel one time at Disney California Adventure, and we did the, the, ma- the helmeted version of her with the mohawk and everything. And as soon as I got into like the nose and the hair and the shape language on the helmet, I could just see people's faces just glazing over uh, <laughs> j- and and the panic started to set in. I'm like, okay, maybe this is too much, too fast. So you can listen to Rob Liefeld talk about the creation of Deadpool and he'll be the first one to tell you he wanted to draw Deadpool because there was no rules to his face and like guns could be crazy and pouches everywhere. And so, yeah, we're always looking for those, the shortcuts to, to make these things simpler. And there you have it. All you need is shortcuts, everybody. There you go. That's how you get through life. Shortcuts. <laughs> Brian, before we let you go, I'm making a major yeah. request. Lorraine, if you have a request for Brian, put it on, on record here. And so he has to do it. I am asking you <laughs> to draw MODOK. Teach us how to draw Modoc. He's like, if you think about it, there's Dude, a lot of awesome. good, easy shapes for it. You know, like yes. he would be perfect. Modoc actually would be perfect, and I know you're a huge fan. And we should do Modoc. I mean, I mean the 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 huge head and the little little limbs. I I think uh, I think he'd be a ton of fun to draw. I can see why why people have enjoyed drawing him over the years. So yeah, Modoc is. We'll add him to the list. Number one. I will honor your. Um, Request for a face mask uh, and raise you a Gwenpool. That's a good one. That's a good Just one. Just being cute, little half face mask, less nose to deal with. Okay, be great. Gwenpool, Ghost Spider has been been a lot of people have asked for Ghost Spider. Uh, a lot of Thanos requests, um, which I think with that big chin could be a lot of fun. Oh, I bet. So. Hopefully you pick up some tips and tricks, you know, along the way that not just to draw Spider-Man or Groot or Thanos or whoever, but then you can apply that to to draw other characters, to draw things you see in life, draw your friends, draw your family. I think, you know, having a sketchbook with me at all times has has definitely been uh, something I picked up uh, in high school and college. And I've, I still carry a sketchbook around with me everywhere I go today because drawing, just drawing all the time, drawing every day, drawing from life is how you get better. Well, thank you so much, Brian. We'll we'll look forward to seeing Modoc and uh, Gwynpool very soon. You guys got it for sure. I love a good promise. Thanks, Brian. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Bye, guys. Thank you, Brian. Also, thank you, Todd, uh, both sweethearts. Uh, again, you can watch their videos on Marvel's YouTube and Twitter and, and all of our social places. Those live drawing tutorials are really fun. And I, we're gonna, I think we're going to be doing more. I think they came out really, really well. Now we would want to get to the question of the week. And something that, Lorraine, you and I have been talking about is just like, this is a tough time. There's a lot going on, but we see heroes around us. I was thinking of our friend Chris Eliopoulos. One of his sons is an EMT worker. And Chris, of course, is like a longtime member of the Marvel family. I believe he was an intern way back in the day. He was on staff. He is a letterer. He's a writer. He's an artist. He runs virtual calligraphy. If you see credits in your comics where it says lettered by VCs, someone, that's Chris's company. And he's done such amazing work. Um, and he's such a sweetheart. And he raised good kids because uh, one of his sons is on the front lines and, and helping save lives. It's Really, really wonderful. 
he's kind of a, a like a real life hero. So our question of the week for all of our listeners is who is your real life hero? Who's someone you want us to shout out? Let us know. We want to be able to throw some love their way. Use the hashtag this week in Marvel. You can email us at twinpodcast at marvel.com. You can send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. I think we all will find some real heroes in our lives. Yeah, I, I know it's been really awesome to see and hear so many people at 7pm in New York City are screaming and shouting and banging pots and pans in celebration of healthcare workers, which I think is, that's very New York. I just really love it. I think it's so wonderful to show that appreciation. I also personally want to shout out our coworker Ansel's husband has been working um, in the pediatric area of the hospital, taking care of kids during this time, which I think is really, really amazing. Uh, so I want to shout them out for being a real life hero to me and taking care of our, our little ones right now. Oh, yeah, that's real nice. Um, let's see. We got a couple of tweets in here. We've got one from Katie at Jewish Speed saying, listening to this week's episode of This Week in Marvel with Lorraine and Ryan, and I got super excited when Ryan said that Young Avengers got the most responses on his tweet about favorite teen hero teams. If you couldn't tell... I love them a lot. Yeah, I was reading Katie's thread. She had a great thread and a lot of responses to that about people excited. And I know I, I saw responses like, why didn't y'all talk about Tommy? Or why didn't you talk about this character from the Young Avengers? <laughs> Believe me, y'all be hearing about Tommy. Lorraine and I know what's up. Yep. Stay tuned. That's all I'm going to say right now. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Um, oh, we also have this one from the Artistic Avenger at The Art Avenger that says, My sketch of Lorraine Sink as Black Widow based on her recent cosplay photo in honor of her birthday. Oh, that's so nice. Happy birthday, Lorraine. I'm a big fan of your Marvel red carpet interviews and your podcast, such as This Week in Marvel and Earth's Mightiest Show. Have a marvelous birthday. How nice. Thank you. Oh, you know what? Also, Ryan, I want to shout you out and me out for that matter. We've also been doing Instagram lives and stuff. I, I thought of it because the Artistic Avenger hung out with me during my Instagram live. But that's been really fun too, to be able to kind of like connect with fans on a more sort of like personal basis uh, has been really nice. Yeah, I, you know, I, I did one with uh, my friend Alex Segura, who's a comic book writer and novelist. He's writing a Star Wars novel right now. Uh, and I think you and I are going to just, we're going to, we'll, we'll get together and chat on the Instagram live as well. I think it's fun. Go go follow us and, and hang out with us um, because we like that a lot. All right, that wraps it up for us. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Percy Verlin, Zachary Goldberg, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton, and Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to the happy birthday song. Sing it twice to wash your hands and also to wish me a happy birthday. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs>